Welcome back to the TMD podcast, Head, Heart, and Hands. We're going to part two of the Apostles' Creed. Um, Part one uh, should be available, and if you guys want to, if you have not, or uh, if you want some information on why we are walking through this, that's really what Scott and I did in the first podcast, was walk through some of the reasons of why we are uh, walking through the Apostles' Creed the Apostles' Creed as a statement of faith, as a summary of beliefs. So I encourage you, go back to part one, listen to that. But in part two here, we are actually going to be from here and until we're finished through part six of the Apostles' Creed. We're going to be walking through it line by line, helping to hopefully bring folks of Novation some understanding and uh, some commonality, I guess we'd say, uh, some common vocabulary about just what do these words mean? Um, why do we use them? Uh, we're going to be going down that through the, you know, through the rest of our podcasts here. So, Chris, Scott. if it's okay with you, I was going to just share this too, that um, remember as you're listening and you read the Apostles' Creed and memorizing it, you are connected to something that's ancient and historical to your faith. It supersedes any other churches or whatever that's why it is the doctrine statement of our church chris if it's okay with you i'll go ahead and just read it please do all right apostles creed we believe in god the father almighty maker of heaven and earth we believe in jesus christ his only son our lord he was conceived by the power of the holy spirit born of the virgin mary he suffered under pontius pilate was crucified died and was buried He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the Holy Holy Spirit, Christ's holy church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. As I say that, I can hear Rich Mullins singing the song when he turned the apostles creed and i love the line in there where he says i did not make it it is making me and i know that's our heart is to realize this truth the gospel we didn't make this up this is making us new people in christ and his people being prepared for eternity great point and uh, i do like you did bring up last week um homework or uh, further pursuit on your own is to to commit the, the Apostles' Creed to memory. Um, that is something that we will be joining with you in October as well. So, so part two, um, like I said, we're just going to be working through this line by line. So part two, we are going to focus on this very first line, the opening of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. So as we start to walk through this, I mean, I mean, just our first step that we're going to do here is just, I believe in God. What does that mean? Why, why is it important to include there? Well, so let's take a look. Um, I believe in God. So this word God um, in developing a common vocabulary, again, not just, you know, we've, we've talked about this, this, the Apostles' Creed, we, we strive to have it guide our teaching um, to protect, help protect us and, and, and people in Novation Church um, from error, 
uh, error in our understanding, error in our belief systems. Um, so I believe in God. Part of this is d developing that common vocabulary, but not only for the sake of our local church body, but also that when someone asks you, what do you believe? You can say, you'll have the vocabulary to be able to engage that person and help them understand. Chris, can I, I want to say something too on that. I love that terminology of common vocabulary because striving for unity in our belief, striving for unity, that's what the Apostles' Creed does. It unifies all believers, past, present, and future in what our essential beliefs are. And so a common vocabulary, meaning, you know, at our church, we we tell people they can belong before they believe, or, or we have a heart for reaching out to people who aren't connected to Jesus, aren't connected to a church community. And if we're speaking five different languages when it comes to what we believe, then it's going to be confusing for that person. Yes. But what you're saying is a common vocabulary helps us internally know what, know what we're talking about, speaking the same language, so to speak. And then when we talk to somebody who doesn't know Jesus yet, we have a common vocabulary to help them understand the basics as well. Yeah, good. So let's start. I believe in God. What this concept of God, um, certainly not unique to Christianity. Um, God is typically viewed um, as a transcendent or a spiritual reality. So this is a being or a force or something that exists outside of our physical reality. Um, there are several world religions that would hold that common view. Um, there are also belief systems. Uh, we won't call ag you know the agnostic, uh, the atheist, the agnostic atheist, the atheist agnostic. Um, now that those belief systems, they actually believe that God is either uh, doesn't exist or uh, is unknowable if he does exist, which more or less the same way stating the first. But so so uh, when we say I believe in God, we believe in a transcendent spiritual being. Following that the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. So we believe in God who is this, um, again, this transcendent spiritual being exists outside of the reality that we humans exist in, in the physical world here. Yet, uh, in the Apostles' Creed, in uh, you know the belief, certain belief system of Christianity, that Almighty Father, transcendent spiritual be being is also the maker of this spiritual reality and he he not he is the creator he is the maker in that statement he cares about this physical reality you know it was Go really ahead, it was really cool this week i was reading in the book of proverbs proverbs 8 and proverbs 8 if after this is over you want to check it out talks about how god created the heavens and the earth through his wisdom that God, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a poetic way of wisdom having a conversation with you. But it's wisdom saying, I was there when he stretched out the heavens. I was there when he measured out the oceans. I was there. And I, I had this picture in my mind of just God with his blueprints, you know, and who he is and his, 
He's, he's all-knowing, all-powerful. He's, he's everywhere all the time, and, and he chose to create this in his wisdom. Man, he knew exactly where to put everything. I was thinking about, you know, um, the earth. God hung the earth in a perfect spot for us to have life, to have a sun not burn us up, you know, but to have oxygen, to have, you know, gravity, the way God did that. In, in that or just even the intricacy of the human eye the wisdom that you find in the creator god maker of heaven and earth who created the human eye i mean it's so intricate and, and mind-boggling yep and so when we say i believe in god i like romans 120 for since the creation of the world god's invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature have clear have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that the people are without excuse. You see that blend. God is this transcendent spiritual being, but he is known through our physical reality. Again, compare and contrast. The atheist says there is no God. He cannot be known. There is only this physical world. The Eastern religions, New Age, their view of God and reality is God exists and the true reality is only the transcendent. This world that we live in is really an illusion and our job in this lifetime is to escape the illusion and get back into the, the divine bliss. So Paul does a great job describing there the when we say i believe in god the father almighty maker of heaven and earth it's it's well defined right it's it is god who is this transcendent spiritual being that exists outside of our reality yet is known and experienced and discovered within our physical reality and although that is not completely unique in in world religions or in belief systems throughout the world it is it is it's almost unique <laughs> um yeah i mean it is well defined that when we say i believe in god the father almighty maker of heaven and earth we are not talking about an eastern religion or a new age type of belief system where god is unknowable and 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 god is really just this the force from star wars or um uh you know just the buddhism i think refers to it as the as the the great sea of of unknowing or is just this eternal bliss where we don't exist really as individuals so that that's not what we're talking about when we say i believe in god we are talking about a knowable transcendent spiritual being who is found discovered um, figured out and has revealed himself as well within our own physical reality and add to that he's a personal god right he's not just like you said described in other religions but our our god that we believe in is personal he's active he cares about every little nuance right. in our life i remember when you and i were in israel like 20 years ago we met a lady walking into the old I city i remember yeah her. <laughs> Immediately when you said that, I know exactly who you're she talking was, about. She was like, oh, breathe in the aura of Jerusalem and the many gods and whatever you believe. And it's like, 
Yeah, no. I, I, <laughs> I remember the first time I was sharing my faith in a, in a prison ministry. And I had a guy come up to me and he said, you know, he said, everything is God. You're God, I'm God, that chair is God. And I said, well, what are you talking about? I mean, I knew enough to be dangerous. And he said, well, Jesus said that, that the rocks will cry out. If, if people won't praise him, the very rocks will cry out. Yeah, that's not exactly what Jesus meant, that the rocks were part of God, right? No, he, it right. was a euphemism in, in, in this, that creation praises him, but yeah. Good, so a uh, rough outline that we, are, that we are attempting to follow in these podcasts is walking through, as we said, helping define, understand each line of the Apostles' Creed and developing this common vocabulary, but the second... Um, the second part of that outline that we're attempting at is to is to help contribute to our common unity, our community, by finding a common identity in this in this uh, statements of belief as well. So I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth. Uh, what do we pull from that for our own individual identity, and that draws us together in community, and. I, the only phrase that I come up with is that we are family. I mean, he is, God chooses to reveal himself as the Father. And as the Father Almighty, true, but still as the Father. And I know, Scott, dude, you wanted to share some stuff about that personal, you know, heart cry, Abba Father, that is, that uh, we hear often. Yeah, uh, Abba was not just a great band in the 70s, but they stole that name from uh, the, a term for God, an Aramaic term. Uh, Abba literally means daddy. Uh, I, I remember being in, in Israel and staying with a family, and the little boy called his dad Abba. It's the way uh, in mm. English we say daddy, a, a child cries out dad or daddy. It's a term of endearment, of closeness. And it's interesting, in the Old Testament, the word father, speaking of God as father, is only used seven times. Jesus wanted to send a message. He called God father 150 times in the Gospels. So that's all he knew as, as his, his father and modeling that for us. When he taught us to pray, what did he say? say when you pray, say this, our father in heaven, mm. hallowed be thy name. So I think a lot of times, I mean, I guess let's make this real personal. People, when they think of God as father, that could be good, that could be bad, that could be indifferent. He could seem out there as a father or when somebody had a bad experience with their earthly father or earthly father figures, then, well, what kind of father is God going to be? I know for me and I know for you, we had good father figures sure. growing yep. up. So I've never had a problem awesome. calling God father. <laughs> but I bet some of our listeners today, you had a tough father figure, rough father figure. Maybe he was distant, maybe abusive. It could be all kinds of possibilities. Listen, God is the perfect father. It was interesting. I, I, I did some research, and the one thing that, you know, philosophers and, 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 and people from, from, you know, about the last hundred years, like Sigmund Freud, uh, Karl Marx, Bertrand Russell, 
these guys whose works are read in college universities still today, and it's deep reading. You know what those three guys had in common? They all hated their fathers. They all came from difficult places. So God was very foreign to them. And that's why each one of them wrote the things that they did that was pretty much anti the reality of God. I think you could, when you read their writings, you realize they wanted to know that because we're all born with this desire to connect with God. But because of the experience they had, God the Father was a kind of a distant thing for them. Hmm. Only, I, you know, we are family, the, the concept of Father Almighty. I, mean, I like how it even, you know, it doesn't say I believe in God the Father, comma, Almighty. Um, the guys that put this together, they wanted to combine that he, God reveals himself as the Father Almighty, that he is the loving Abba Father who can and will do things, powerful things for his children. And so adding to our common unity, our common identity, um, you know, I believe in God the Father, I, Father Almighty, make of heaven and earth. You know, we are family. Um, we find a common identity there that, um, you know, we are drawn together because of our belief systems here. So, you know, what's good about that, Christ. Chris, we have to remember, um, and it's been really on my heart a lot lately, is we're all image bearers of God regardless of our race, where we're born, what language we speak, the people we see around us are image bearers of God. And so by birth, everyone is, I guess, a child of God. You were talking mm -hmm. about family. But take it to the next level. When you're born of God's spirit, you are adopted into his family. Yeah. You know, we're born, all born into this world, you know, with this wall between us and God. Jesus came to remove that and, and make us family and so we should never be arrogant about that but realize man I was an orphan adopted into the family of God by God the Father maker of heaven and earth yeah so our third area of uh, that we are addressing in as we work through the Apostles Creed you know we had a common vocabulary our belief systems help us develop this common unity and identity brings us together um, about the most important things in life. And then uh, the third area is this, is this um, direction, purpose, and significance. So our purpose, um, why, were we, why are we here in the first place? Our significance, where uh, or, or what will our time here on earth um, how will it contribute to the world and to the lives of others and direction so you know we understand some purpose um, we see maybe some significance flowing out of our belief system well those are two points but it's not always a straight line how, how can we get there so this statement this opening statement Scott of I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I'll look at that purpose. Okay. Um, maker of heaven and earth. So it doesn't necessarily say he's maker of us right there, but but it's certainly implied from that. And, and 
looking at all of scripture that is absolutely he created us why well i i, I love um the first line in rick warren's purpose-driven life book he just he says it's not about you like you didn't create yourself so you mm-hmm. don't know why you exist until you go to your creator and say why am i here and so for everyone that's listening everyone that's raising children everyone that's influencing anybody let's remind ourselves we didn't create ourselves so we need to go to our creator to know why why do i exist that's one of the most profound things revelations to realize i didn't create myself therefore i need to go to him to Mm -hmm. tell me why i exist and we know why we exist right jesus said is all things were created by him and for him and through th- all things exist we exist for jesus we exist for god the father and, and the holy spirit to have a relationship with him yeah um how about the about the line of creator creator or maker of heaven and earth uh, why i mean i was thinking about this and the drive over today um why would he create earth and then create the hu- create us humans to populate he exists scripture is pretty clear he exists him the son the spirit for all eternity they're in, they're in perfect harmony um this seems like a lot of madness <laughs> yeah <laughs> to add to something that's already in perfect togetherness so um why would he create us and really getting back to that that purpose um why would he why 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 do it here um that gives you a great question doesn't that give you significance it makes us significant what i do for a living or people ah, that's great but the fact that god the father said i want to create you to have a relationship with you and to live all eternity with me I don't need you, but I want to share my love with you is basically what he's saying. I love the word dignity. That, what you just said right there, what a great amount of dignity it is. He is, exists perfectly, yet he decides, I'm going to create, I'm going to make heaven, earth, the universe. I'm going to put Adam and Eve, I'm going to put these people in here. And... He didn't then shut the door, lock it, and, and go upstairs for a cup of coffee and a nap. Scripture is also very clear. He's, he's involved. He's the one that sustains this whole deal. He keeps it all going. So consider that and the purpose. Why am I here? Even as not a follower of Christ, I am a, an expression of the Almighty Father. The Father Almighty, I am an expression of him. What a great amount of dignity. And, uh, you know, what comes to mind, dude, is is great amount of dignity, just the fact that I'm here in the first place. And when I choose to reject him and I choose to um, yeah, declare he doesn't exist or have no interest in trying to know who he is or anything else, that's a great amount of sin. I mean, I'm violating something that's pretty heavy. So now bring in the significance. He sends his own son to take care of that problem um, that I don't want anything to do, even though my dignity is based in him. I reject him anyway. And so he sends his son. He takes care of that through 
his son dying on the cross for us. Um, where I'm headed is ultimately to be back into fellowship. After he sent the son, he sent the spirit. So we see it, 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 the work of the Trinity in creation, Father, Son, Holy Spirit working together. You know, you go back to Genesis 1-1, the Spirit of God was brooding and hovering over the earth and all part of that creation. So like you said, we were, we were displaced orphans, right? Mm -hmm. Disconnected from our Heavenly Father. The Son comes to do the work of the Father to bring us. And then the Son pours out the Spirit now which awakened our dead hearts and minds to we're his creation man, purpose, dignity, significance, all wrapped into that first line of, I believe in God, the father, almighty creator of heaven and earth. Yeah. It's good stuff. Great way to wrap it up. So, uh, part two, um, apostles creed. Uh, just a reminder, following part one, we encouraged you to memorize the Apostles' Creed. Um, now in part two, here's what we're going to ask of you guys. Take a moment, because it won't take two, uh, 300 words is what we're asking. So maybe it's take a few moments. Write 300 words on why did God create the earth and us. And uh, so 300 words isn't very many. It'll be, it'll be a challenge to keep it to 300 words for some of you. For some of the rest of you, it might be a challenge just to get it and start writing it. But we're going to encourage you. Write that. Um, you can write it on a piece of paper. Drop it, on, uh, into the, um, drop it into the offering or into one of the boxes here. Um, if you do that in the month of October then either Scott or myself will review it and uh, we will connect back to you on it. You can also type it into a Word document or something online, save it and uh, send it in and we will make sure on Sundays uh, what, where you should send that and or post it through the website. So thank you guys very much and we look forward to the future podcasts of TV. Answer me when I call to you, oh God who declares.